today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, let's bring in uh, Dr. Randy McCabe, professor in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Neurosciences at McMaster University and clinical director of Mood, Anxiety, and Seniors Mental Health Services at St. Joseph's Healthcare, and is with us now. Doctor, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Hi, Scott. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Uh, and that seems to give us a bit of optimism. I said in my commentary earlier today, uh, remember how you felt when the clock struck midnight at 2021 and try to carry that happiness with you uh, through this winter, uh, um, you know, as much as you can. Talk about going through this type of pandemic, this sort of situation, the fatigue, what have you after the holidays, after, because there's normally those sort of winter blahs, February blahs anyway. How does this complicate it? Right. I mean, you know, we, we did end up, 2020 was not a good year for any of us, but we did end off with the vaccine. And so I think no one had anticipated that would be here on the ground. So I think that is a really good way to end off and start this new year, um, that we have some hope because we know this time of year is hard anyways because of the lack of light um, the cold people are kind of um, you know not able to get outside we know the sun has effects on your mood Um, and then we have the pandemic and not only are we in the pandemic but we're in a dark period of the pandemic again we're at kind of in the second wave you know we're in a lockdown we're back to kids being schooled at home which creates a whole other host of challenges for uh, families and parents maybe trying to work maybe trying to do three jobs at once Um, so for sure it is a hard time to start off the new year um, when you know we are facing this huge rise in the COVID cases every day too. So we're kind of at the beginning of a bad period of the pandemic that we just need to get through um, and then we're going to be getting out to the other side hopefully um, you know, later on in this year. So that's something we can look forward to, getting out to the other side. And we have talked with many experts that, that Jan, February will be will be the darkest hours. It'll be tough for ob- obvious reasons, uh, post-holiday celebrations, people not following protocol, and, and the vaccinations not quite to where they need to be at this point. That being said, we're 10 months into this. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. How do you convince people to give one more push for that last 20%, 30%? Yeah, and I mean, that's just it. It's really about how do you just get through taking it day by day, push through to this last stretch that's hopefully the home stretch. And, um, you know, when, you know, I, I've been noticing there is a lot of anger out there. Um, you know, the last time I did a, a news interview, someone even sent me a really angry email. They didn't like my suggestions, and I was kind of taken aback. <laughs> oh, that oh they no. Went right from my 10 second clip to come email me um, that they didn't like that I would suggest that they would do something different. Uh, but we have no other choice, right? Uh, so I, I just I could sense just from that how much anger there is out there, and we're seeing it a lot in the news. Um, you know why some people are following some rules and other people aren't, and you know the anger doesn't help any of us. In fact, when you're feeling angry, it just really kind of makes you feel worse. And so really thinking, uh, you know, taking a step back and thinking, what can you do in your life to get through this last home stretch? Uh, taking it day by day controlling the things that you can control, um, like whether it's your sleep, what you eat, your physical activity, getting outside. We talked about that last time I was on. I was just reviewing some research showing that being in trees has such an important um, positive impact on your Mm. mental health. It really can directly reduce your stress hormones. Um, It also uh, takes your mind off 
everything. So, you know, we're lucky in, in, in where we live that we have lots of trees and nature areas that we can get out to, um, you know, just to try and, and get through this time. So I think that's important too, is not just hibernating in your house, but actually getting outside every day, even for a little while, uh, to clear your head and um, just take a break from it. How important is it to, and I got two teenagers at home, one on online university and the other one online grade eight right now. And I try to stress that although you can't do what you want to do and see the friends that you want to see, it's still important that you keep some sort of schedule. It's important, like you said, you got to take that time to go out. Or even if it's organizing a Zoom call with your friends, as I said to the kids, like do this on a regular basis so you have something scheduled, something to uh, to take away that feeling of helplessness. Yeah, I think the uh, having a schedule is so important. It's harder for teenagers or kind of young adults who may want to uh, stay up late, they're online, um, then they sleep in. Uh, but having some schedule, even if it's time shifted, uh, because there's a, like a lack of structure, uh, is really important just to our sleep schedule, to when we eat, to, to actually feeling like we have a sense of purpose in the day. So I think scheduling activities where you connect with people um, where you have things to look forward to, um, getting outside. And if, and for parents, they may need, you may need to bribe your kids. Like the way I get my kids to go take a hike with me is I, I promise them McDonald's after. And, you know, is that a good strategy? Well, it works uh, yep. for them. So finding what is the carrot for your kid to get them to do stuff um, and having flexibility. Like right now, you know, I've really kind of uh, loosened up on my, um, you know, rules for online because guess what? Mm. We need to survive. We're not in thrive right now. We're in survive. So, you know, what, what flexing do you need to do with how you usually do things just for everybody in the family to survive and get through this uh, time? Because, you know, um, young people, they, they can have depression and anxiety that's worse because of this time because they're not uh, connected with friends when really this is the time in their life when friends are probably even more important than family to them in their mm. perspective. And so um, absolutely trying to encourage that, um, but also letting them have some autonomy over, you know, we don't want to nag them because <laughs> uh, that, that's not helpful either. You know, my son said the other day, you know, I don't want to hear anything more about the pandemic because I was, I was just saying, you mm. know, this has been a hard holiday because of the pandemic. We haven't been able to do things, uh, you know, the way we usually would. And he was like, I don't want to hear any more about the pandemic. And, and I respected that, you know, so, yeah. um, you know, really figuring out what are taking the cues and then kind of responding, you know, in the way that, you know, best supports them um, without making things worse. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. You talked about being online. I, I had the same discussion with my 13-year-old boy. And, you know, my wife and I were having this discussion, at least when he's online playing these games, he's talking to three or four of his buddies at the same time. So at least they're having some sort of a social interaction through all of this. Absolutely. The the kids playing online, these games, these interactive games, is like the epic Dungeons and Dragons battles from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, those would go on for a long time, too. And so they are getting that social connection. They're building things. There's creativity in some of the games that they play. So I think, you know, trying to shift how we see things in terms of their generation, that is like their board games, really, um, uh, or mm. fantasy games that they may have played that does keep them very connected uh, with friends. 
And you bring up an, you brought up an interesting point earlier on that, you know, this is about baby steps. This is about surviving this. And, you know, we've had lots of chatter, especially with the kids starting online school again today, that, you know, many parents are concerned that they're not getting this or they're not getting that or, or, or what have you. And, you know, I've had other educational experts on that have said, you know, this is not a time to worry about the math curriculum or the English curriculum. The lesson here is how do you teach the kids to survive a pandemic? How do you teach the kids to deal with the first crisis of their privileged generation? That's the lesson here. That's what we have to focus on. The other stuff will come later. Absolutely. I mean, I can't agree more that um, they are not, it's just like if you're in the trenches, you're not having optimum hygiene. And, and that's where we are. We're, we're yeah. kind of in the survival mode. We're in the trench of the warfare. We're just trying to survive day by day, get all of us through together to the other side of this. And, you know, this next three months, four months, maybe the whole semester of school, they'll get something out of it. But the big lesson we're all getting is the life lesson of what are the things that are important? What do we need to do to get through this? Because we're building resilience. And, and this is, as you said, when we've never had to face hardship. And even during this time, I've sa- I said to my kids, listen, we have internet and we can have takeout food. So we're yeah. doing pretty good. <laughs> you know, uh, so, you know, now not all families may, may have that. There may, there's a lot of hardship and financial hardship. So not everybody is having the same experience going through this. But absolutely, the life lesson here is um, how do we face a challenge that's really a hu- human challenge and an existential challenge to all of us? And how do we come together um, and, and still, you know, help each other, care for each other, not let the anger kind of overtake us, but really kind of, you know, go to the compassion side, to the caring for each other side and get through this so it brings us more together, um, more solid um, and stronger because at the other end of this, we're also going to appreciate what we have in such a different way. So um, really flexibility is probably the biggest um aspect that people can have these days to get through is to be flexible. And, you know, each day we don't know what curveball is coming. Like we just learned that there's that really um, infectious strain of of COVID. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's going to be curveballs. How do we flex and then, you know, readjust ourselves so we just keep going day by day? Uh, We know that we're going to get to the other side. Um, And then we want to be able to look back and say, hey, we did a really good job doing that. We came together. We helped each other. And we see lots of that with these care-mongering kind of groups and people helping neighbors. And and I I hope that that wins out over the other aspects that we're seeing, which is a lot of shaming and anger. You can see it, um, you know, in people. Uh, And then that only hurts the people themselves. You know, that's not a good emotion to carry around if you're feeling really angry. And so then what can you do with that anger? to kind of let it go. When this all started, many thought, ah, you know, a couple of weeks, we'll be in and out of this. You know, I can eat and drink my way out of this. Now, all of a sudden, we're 10 months in and realize it's going to take a little bit more than that. Do you think this, you know, prior to this pretty divisive world, um, you're either on this side or that side, will we learn something from this or will it all disappear six months after, you know, everyone is vaccinated? Will Will we become more empathetic as a result? Well, I hope so. I mean, certainly this has been something that's brought us 
you know, as humans and across the globe, um, it's brought change, you know, huge change, um, you know, to the way we live. Um, and so I would hope that there's, you know, we've seen innovation come out of it. We've seen countries working together to help each other get through, you know, the various waves of the pandemic, the innovation that's come from um, the new technology to um, make the vaccines and how fast they came forward. Um, all of those are really exciting things, even just how we're so globally and technologically connected, like Zoom, you know, has been, you know, a savior in some ways to mm. our ability to still connect through this. So I think there's a lot of positive things that have come through it. And I hope um, that would be my hope is that we're we're better for it at the other side, that it helped clarify what's important, the environment, family, uh, human connection, and that those would be the things that we, you know, take forward to, to keep going with. Can imagine what this would have been like 20, 25 years ago when the internet wasn't what it is now. My goodness, it would have been a completely different experience. Well, absolutely. And, you know, some people say that, you know, we're kind of lucky that this pandemic, as deadly as it's been, um, you know, it could have been way worse, right? Um, And so I think in some ways this has been a good wake-up call for for, uh, society so that we can be ready and prepared uh, if we were to face a future threat threat on a global scale like this. Now now we know things that we would never have known. Like, um, So I think in some ways we're stronger for it. And as you said, you know, in the 80s, you would have you would have been really, you know, in trouble getting through. We would have had a lot more to complain about than we do now when we are able to be so socially connected um, and have all the amenities we still do have during this time. Dr. Randy McCabe has been with us, professor in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Neurosciences at McMaster and clinical director of Mood, Anxiety, and Senior Mental Health Services at St. Joseph's Healthcare. Randy, say, uh, thanks so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Be well. You too, Scott. Take care. Bye-bye. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.